This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone no. recording. All right. I'm going to close that off. Just enjoying so making the top of my head disappear. There we go. Get everything. Like Harry Potter's invisibility cloak, but let's <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty oh, cool. Perfect. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my goodness. He's That's gone. Cool. <laughs> Gotta do that in my next uh, meeting. That's at work. amazing. <laughs> You're gonna have to just keep breathing out constantly, though, just <laughs> until you walk off screen. <laughs> there you go. I am okay. All right, let's do a clap in and and get this baby rolling. All right, so we do a one, two, three, and then on the four we clap. All right. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song alphabetically from 7 to Y. Joining me tonight is Aaron. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Aaron is armed with arrows, and he's just aiming them <laughs> up in the air. What? No, watch out! Oh, okay, Aaron. I'm going to have to ask you to stop shooting those arrows into the air. You just hit Jeff in the head he, as he, well, he's jumping up. I'm sorry, I I heard that we could uh, stop hurricanes with uh, bombs, so I thought maybe I'd try arrows instead. Oh, no. We could no. stop a Sharknado with bombs, I'm pretty sure I, I, yeah. sure I heard I about Sharknado's, that. Sharknado's, yes. Yeah, documentary. <laughs> no, I, we're going to have to leave. Jeff, Jeff was jumping into the air to catch some falling leaves. and, and A lot of alliteration here. Jeff was jumping, Aaron had arrows. <laughs> Well, and, and you, you know, you frightened our guest. He's turned off the lights. He's <laughs> shivering in the dark. Brian, are you okay? I am. I'm okay. I'm. I'm doing great. We have Brian Perry joining us tonight. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Good and to meet you, Brian. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Um. Yeah. So I'm. Um, depends on what you want to know. I, I do my own podcast, um, Perfect Brainstorm, uh, where we make up creative challenges for ourselves to solve and then we solve them. I'm hoping one day to do a bare naked ladies jukebox musical as, as one of our episodes. Uh, the hard part is my, my hosts don't know my, don't know anything about bare naked ladies. So uh, <laughs> it might be hard. Maybe every song in it will be one week, but uh, we should have switched podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, uh, my aspiration to one to do that on one of our episodes. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I've, I stumbled onto Bare Naked Ladies in uh, elementary school. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, uh, my first memory is watching, 
I think the pinch me music video on the box with my sister. <laughs> so uh, nice. that was nice. my first exposure. I'm, I'm sure one week was in there too. Um, and then in middle school, I had a friend who was very into bare naked ladies. We shared iPods occasionally, and uh, I learned a lot of, of stuff from that. So that's sort of my experience. I've, I've been on sort of a continual journey of rediscovering bare naked ladies my whole life. So, well, that leads me to ask this question of you without, without telling Aaron what album this is on, because okay. I don't want to give that away just yet. Have you ever, have you ever heard this song before? Have you experienced I, this song? Uh, yeah, I had. I didn't think I had. Um, the reason I picked it was because I didn't think I knew it. Um, I saw it on the list, and I, I, <laughs> you have a lot on your list that I had never heard of. The, and this is one of them, but I do, I do know the song. I, I had heard the song several times. <laughs> I had just never known the name of it. As soon as I looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that song. So, yeah. So I haven't told everyone yet, but so the song where well, I've been hiding the joke here. Um, so the song that we're talking about tonight is Hidden Sun. Suddenly things become unsound. Stumbling on the shaky ground. Given arrows to shoot tornadoes down, shoot them down. Before I go and announce it, Aaron, what album is this off from? It's got to be Maroon because the lushness of the arrangement reminds me very much of Conventioneers. Very nice. Interesting. Nice. Yeah, no, excellent. No, it's definitely it's Maroon. I always get it mixed up between uh, Maroon and Stunt, but yeah, it's definitively Maroon. But it's not. <laughs> well, it's very, it's definitively Kevin is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just by a thread, by a thread. We'll talk a little bit about where this song's originated and where it came from and, and how it came about. Speaking of which, this song this week is dedicated to all the nurses and doctors out there who are the hidden heroes during this pandemic. We don't get to see them because, well, at least I'm hoping that you're not seeing them, but they're out there. They're keeping us safe. They're they're keeping us healthy. So we want to thank all those nurses and doctors out there, as well as the multitude of other people. But nurses and doctors specifically this week for a reason that we'll get to when we discuss the meaning of this song. Yeah, very appropriate for this one. So this was, of course, as, as you mentioned, Aaron. Yes, oh, yeah. this is a Kevin song. <laughs> Most definitively written by Kevin. And uh, it, no other band influence. It was Kevin that did this. Um it's a very, it's a long song, five minutes long, uh, probably one of BNL's longest songs. Um, I don't have it written down and I haven't done the, the math, but I'm guessing it's right up there. Um, probably following one of BNL's other longest songs and hidden. Yeah, it's a nine minute track total. <laughs> it's hidden by that other track. Oh. I, think it's, I think it's hilarious yeah. that a song that, that is a hidden track was called Hidden Sun. Is this a hidden song? Yes. Wow. So Aaron, I don't know if you know this, so because I couldn't give away the album, but this was the hidden track at the end of Maroon. Well, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song to go out on. I think it's uh, it deserves recognition. It's, it's interesting. I don't know uh, what the arrangement was and how long you had to wait after the last track to hear it, but I hope that um, many, many people did. Ten seconds. Okay. Well, then it probably wouldn't be... Yeah, it's not. It's not one of. The, it's not really hidden. It's not really buried in there. 
which is why, and this is this. I was going to say this earlier, but I was nervous about spoiling the album too. Was I thought it was part of tonight? I fell asleep at the wheel. Correct. I thought it was just the same song. I thought it was a continuation of it. Yeah, because um, there that wouldn't have helped because I I didn't know what the, what song that was on because we haven't gotten to T yet. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I first sent you the yep. link. And the first link I actually sent you was, or not the link, but the the first. The, when I downloaded it onto our up above, onto our our cloud, onto our Google Drive, that was the whole song. Um, so if you listen to that whole thing, Aaron, then you listen to Tonight I Fell Asleep at the Wheel and then into Hidden Sun. Right. I just, yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. Because they don't separate. And they, the only way you'd be able to do separate that is to pull it into a program, splice it, and then separate it in order to upload it up. Um, because, no, on everything, it is except for on YouTube, which you can find it on YouTube, separated off. Um, I don't know why you would want to. Because to me, this song goes beautifully with Tonight I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. Interestingly enough, this song's only been played four times ever, according to setlistoff.fm. Oh, really? I would think this would be a beautiful, especially during that Maroon tour, this would have been a beautiful, like, okay, let the guys go off stage for a couple of minutes. Maybe Tyler stays on, but everyone else kind of blends off. Let Ty- let let Kevin just kind of sit there and play and, and let everyone else have a break for a few minutes. Yeah, one interesting thing it says on Genius is that it was only on the, the limited edition version and on international versions. Then I... And so I don't know if that has an impact on that, whether they didn't really consider it sort of part of the core album. Maybe. But um, I wonder if that's part of it. In that case, I had a limited edition version of this album then because I, (laughs) I never not, it was never non-existent to me. I always knew it as being there. Yeah. Um, I never knew it as called Hidden Sun because it was buried. Um, So I always thought it was just the second part of the song. Hidden Sun. Well, and the, the way that night I fell asleep at the wheel ends, it feels like, oh, we are kind of going into a sort of dream sequence portion of that song, um, and it just fits so perfectly. So, yeah. So why don't we get into the meaning? We can come back to the music in a little bit. Let's get into the meaning of this song, because, yeah. So, Aaron, I don't know if you were, if you heard the Tonight I Fell Asleep at the Wheel, but the the song leading into this, and we'll discuss it two, three years from now, <laughs> is about a guy who falls asleep at the wheel and dies. Um, and then you have a 10-second delay, and then you have Hidden Sun come in with no introduction, no... I mean, there's a break, but you don't... It almost feels like there isn't a break there because of that long break in between. It feels different. Um, and it feels as though this is that follow-up to what has just happened to that person that, ha- that was in the car crash. Gotcha, gotcha. That actually, yeah, that would probably have changed my perception of it a little bit. But uh, the fact that I, I see the thing that really is interesting to me is I knew just from our discussions in the podcast that at some point Kevin was diagnosed with cancer. So reading the lyrics, that seemed pretty clear to me what this song was about. If I hadn't known that, I'm really curious how my interpretation of this song would have would have been uh, affected by not knowing that. Um, but yeah, it's certainly... Uh, it's a very moving piece. I really, really like it. I'm sure I'll, I'll have plenty of time to gush about it uh, during the episode. But yeah, Brian, did you 
I know that I did not know any of that listening to this album the first time. Like I was in college listening to this. I didn't know that that Kevin had gone through cancer treatments, um, that he even had cancer when I listened to this. So that definitely flavored my understanding of the song. Did you know that going into this song? I uh, yeah, I had no idea either. I I've always thought his song is kind of a the, the lyrics are a little bit disjointed, right? Mm-hmm. So the the sentences don't quite finish and uh it made a lot more sense when I found out, oh, it, I feel like it's kind of an intentional thing of of being in sort of an unsettling, difficult experience like like going through cancer, that kind of thing. So it it, it gave it a lot more context for me when I did find that out, but I had no idea. Um, like I found that out as I was looking into it for this episode. So, yeah. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong here, um, I don't have it right here in front, or I do, but the pile is really 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 thick and i'm not about to pull apart my uh bnl pile this is our first exposure to kevin for for those of us who who started with bare naked ladies um from the very beginning from gordon we we had heard him doing some playing on some of the songs uh and he played of course during stunt but this was our first exposure to kevin as the songwriter and so in his style of writing lyrics is extremely different as we've talked about before on the podcast um he has a very different way of expressing himself uh, much more poetic and ambiance type focus and that's a real difference compared to the song that just followed up before this with tonight i fell asleep at the wheel which paints a very vivid scene my take on this was always that at the end of tonight i fell asleep at the wheel the person died and this was this this song to me was always the narrator of the last song ascending to the ethereal plane, whatever you might consider. Yeah, that, that's definitely the feeling of it. Yeah, and, and if you listen to it's funny because knowing now what the song really was about, I can see where that comes from, where the other stuff comes from. But reading it from that original take, like it all makes sense that it's this person ascending to the ethereal plane, um, you know, stumbling things, suddenly things become unsound. Well, that would be very good description of death. Um, (laughs) Stumbling on shaky ground, giving arrows to shoot tornadoes down is kind of an angelic kind of picture. Like who else could pull that off, but, but some kind of ethereal figure. And then after that, like, shivering madly in the dark uh like an abandoned dog in the dog park in the car park like it really once again it's a lot very ethereal type focus about this person who's dying and going through the death process i would think um and then of course the inside of ourselves this hidden sun that burns and burns kind of a, a soul kind of metaphor so it's interesting that they they decided to follow that up from the song that they had just had and keep it hidden which is funny that the first Kevin song is a hidden song. Let's not give him credit here. Um, (laughs) Not quite sure what that choice was all about. All right, I've been doing a lot of talking. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on this song, though, the meaning of this song. I think that is the hardest part of this song, is the meaning, because it goes back and forth a few times, right? Sometimes it's very positive and hopeful, and sometimes it's very, like, you know, shaky ground, um... You know, saw, saw a falling leaf, good luck, jump to grab, much to our surprise, a butterfly. And it's like very beautiful imagery. Mm. Um, but we do have that shivering madly in the dark and animal abandoned in the carpet, which is a very terrible image. Mm. Uh, but then followed with, and she held me 
And then she showed me the beauty of the human heart. And it's, I think going through a situation like cancer, you, uh, you experience every emotion, right? You, you go through difficult moments and you realize the people around you that love you and have those positive experiences. And, um, there's just, there's a lot that, uh, that said, and I, I think it, it feels more like he's writing about emotions than any specific meaning, you know, any, any specific message. It's more of just, here are some, some associations. Here are words <laughs> that I think about when I think about how I felt, um, in this, in this situation. Well, yes. Um, and I, I, I'd be interested to hear someone disagree with that because <laughs> I, 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 I prefer there to be a meaning, you know, I like there to be, to be some meaning, but, uh, it feels a little bit like I just I just want to get some feelings down into words. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing the the song is really sort of a contemplation of one's own mortality. And um, I wonder if the butterfly, because it was an unexpected butterfly, you know, you thought it was a leaf. No, it's a butterfly is a comment on the seeming randomness of night of nature and life. Uh, you know, obviously, the butterfly is used when talking about chaos theory, like the butterfly effect. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm wondering if that's because the ground's shaky and everything's uncertain. Um, when when and it doesn't have to necessarily be death or the possibility of death or illness or something like that. But when something comes along and really shakes the ground from under our feet and really kind of shakes up our whole perception of we have this ordered way that we perceive our life to be, but one thing can happen and just completely brings everything into upheaval. Um, I think that feeling of um, things spiraling the i guess not even spiraling out of control so much as realizing that there was no control in the first place mm. is what i get out of it and and you hit on it really well aaron that so this song was written while he was in the hospital for cancer so this is one of the songs he wrote while while going through the cancer treatments um and he felt isolated um matter of fact the album that he released personally and by himself with Finn Buckle after this was called H-Wing because that's the name of the wing that he was in um, when he was having cancer treatments. And his statements was, he realized who the kids were reading about in Rolling Stone and he thought, well, why is this thing being reported? Mm. Um, and then there were people who were working really hard on the night shift and being real heroes and he was like, why aren't they being talked about? These other things are being talked about in the news, like the Rolling Stones and, and all these bands, but they're not talking about real heroes. Um, and, and it was a really fast song that he wrote, but then uh, it was originally a fast song, I mean, but then he slowed it down um, with really minimal instruments to kind of bring out the lyrics. And that, that's the information I took from Paul Meyer's book, uh, Public Stunts and Private Stories. Um, about why he wrote this song very interesting yeah and it's it's it, that slowing it down i mean it's beautiful i mean there's no i can't it's really hard to imagine fast mm. yeah i was gonna say i'm glad that they made that choice because i can't imagine yeah. this song <laughs> it, it would totally the, the feel would be totally different i would think and some people said that this is a depressing song i never felt that this song was depressing i was I actually felt <laughs> uplifted with the song, interestingly I, enough. Yeah, I agree. I, I was going to make comment of this because I'm known for loving depressing songs. I was going to say, I love this song and think it's beautiful, but I guess that doesn't necessarily say it's not depressing. Uh, but, you know, the, well, the other thing is, that in all sincerity, I'm making a joke here, but in all sincerity, there is beauty in melancholy and there is beauty in, in existential dread. <laughs> um, if, you, if you have the... the 
the wherewithal, if you have the, the courage to face it unhindered and just kind of expose yourself to it and really explore that, which I think is a really brave thing to do. So, yeah, I think it's a very beautiful song. Potentially, I guess you could say, well, it's kind of depressing. Um, but, yeah, I also get that uplifting feeling. It's very, I mean, clouds is an image that I get. Clouds mm-hmm. from this. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, and I know I have to make at least one comparison per, per episode. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It reminded me of older Pink Floyd, not like super old Sid Barrett era, but like Obscured by Clouds. I got flashes of Free Four, which is also a song about death or the contemplation of your own mortality. Uh, A lyric from that song, life is a short, warm moment. Death is a long, cold rest. You get your chance to try in the twinkling of an eye, 80 years with luck or even less. Uh, So I kind of got a very uh, similar feeling, and I love that song. I mean, I love Pink Floyd, so. Yeah. The, the thing that makes it not I, why I agree with you that it doesn't fall into the depressing category as much is that it's where it lands, right? Because it goes back and forth, mm-hmm. like I was saying. Mm-hmm. But I think it lands on there's a hidden sun that burns and yeah. burns but never does any harm to anyone. Like that's mm. where it lands is is there's this internal light or hidden sun or whatever that is representing and it's it's safe and it's fine. Um, and uh, in his, his his story was a happy ending. It sounds like so. Well, and even I would the, say before uh, that point, the line before that, and she held me, and then she showed yes. me of the beauty of the human yes. heart. Like that's my favorite lyric in the song. You feel like this person's in in many ways. Yes, she's she's hugging him, but you also get the feeling like that this person is just wrapping him up and comforting him during this really rough, horrible thing, and reminding him of how great humanity can be. I would say bittersweet, leaning towards optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's a song for a depressing situation, yes. but it's not. A it's depressing not agreed. Song. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the outlook is depressing, or the the the, the conclusion it arrives at is not depressing. Right. Yeah, I mean, it starts out that way, but I think that he's describing this really horrific situation. And oh, and... he certainly went on a journey. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he would have to. He would have to. Now, the other, I do want to discuss two other lines really quickly. Um, I love his imagery, and I've always loved this line, but once I knew it was about cancer, I loved it even more. Given arrows to shoot tornadoes down. Given arrows to shoot tornadoes down, shoot them down to the ground. I mean, how much more, how better can you describe hopelessness and helplessness? Like the idea that this this is your weapons to, to conquer this monumental task that has you can't touch, you can't gather, you can't do anything about. It is a force of nature and you can't do anything with that. And yet I'm I have to do something and it's useless. Everyone knows you need atomic yeah. bombs to take care of tornadoes, <laughs> as we established. Yeah. Well, and thinking about about a lot of a lot of cancer treatments, are you're doing something dangerous? Mm. That's also true. Um, Very good point. To fight the thing, right? Yeah, like radiation. Shooting arrows into a tornado is dangerous. Um, As you know, Jeff will it will do something. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so my dad actually had leukemia. Oh wow. or I guess te- technically has. Um, he was lucky enough that they found it really early, and we didn't go through a lot of the, the sort of the heavy lifting of, of emotionally. That that he would he was never hospitalized. He actually never really had many symptoms, but um, even that, you know, the hunt was let's find some kind of treatment that's not going to be worse than the disease. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like there, it's so hard with any kind of cancer. Um, 
the, the, the treatments are difficult themselves. Chemotherapy is, is awful, you know. It does the job, hopefully, but, uh, but it's difficult. And I think that giving arrows to shoot tornadoes down is a, mm. is a nice way of, of sort of reflecting that. I don't know if it was intentional, but, but I yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I think it's gorgeous. Um, and then the, the one that everyone always gets wrong um, in terms of what it's about, and I, I had to look it up and understand it in, in order to really to get it, is a saw leaf, good luck jump to grab. Saw falling leaf, good luck jump to grab. Much to our surprise, a butterfly. It's, it's very almost uh, haiku-ish. In a way, yeah. And, no, the whole yeah. the whole song is. Yeah, <laughs> let's leave out words. Let's leave out vowel. Like, let's leave things out here. But I'm, that, I see, Aaron, you have something. That I just uh, want please, to please in, continue. Yeah, yeah, please. And then where I heard that this came from, um, it's actually from a an old mythology, old uh, old wives' tale that it was said that if you caught a leaf on the first day of autumn, that a caught leaf would help you avoid a cold or a sickness throughout the whole of winter. And some people said that it was good luck, and others said that you could make a wish if you caught one. So it's interesting that he okay. used that imagery in terms of something that would bring and cure sickness and or avoid sickness for this example. It's so funny, though, Tracy, that you mentioned haiku. It really uh, it struck something. I recall reading that samurai... Uh, when they were about to die, quite frequently samurai would kill themselves uh, because of you know failing their their liege lord or whatever. If they knew they were going to die prior to doing that, they would they would uh, compose a poem, and quite frequently, though not always, it would be in haiku form. Hmm. So I'm almost I mean I don't know uh, Kevin seems kind of nerdy to me maybe he knew that there's <laughs> something there's something uh, uh, really really elegant about that. And then the other thing I think is really interesting about that that imagery is that in mm. order to catch a leaf, because anyone who's ever tried to catch anything falling, especially, for example, for those of us who live in, in the main area, the helicopters <laughs> that sit there and spin around, if you try to catch something that's falling like a leaf or a helicopter, it requires stillness, relaxation, patience. Those are the things you also need in order to conquer cancer in a lot of ways. You've got to have that persistence, but also the patience to wait it out and, and move slowly to be able to catch that and to conquer. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's interesting hearing that now because I, I kind of thought of, you know, the leaf was, you know, neutral and then it turned into something even better, a butterfly. Mm. But it kind of is like, oh, I, I meant to catch the leaf to give me good luck, but now it's not a leaf and therefore... Do you get the good luck out of that if it's, if it's a butterfly? As long as you didn't squeeze um, it too hard. <laughs> yeah, I think the well, yeah, we'd like the butterfly to be safe yes, as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I had to look up the word induration. Um, <laughs> Me too. Uh, that's in this next line, and it sunk in this induration, induration in our lives, and I. It seems to be a medical term, right? It's it's hardening of some kind of tissue. Mm -hmm. Which I assume is related to. Well, I think of something he had. Yeah, his, cancer metastasizing or something like that. You know. Well, and again, I think he's playing with words like in duration, in duration, in terms of like how long something yeah. goes on, which cancer can seem to, especially the treatment can feel like it's going on forever. And then in duration as in enduring something and, and overcoming it, which also is probably how he felt about finally, you know, uh, conquering cancer and, and surviving. It. But he sounds exhausted. With, I mean, when I think of in duration, I think of like, like I said, conquering something. He sounds exhausted. When he's yeah. singing that yeah. word in that line. 
like he's having to endure this thing that's horrific and and he's going through yeah it's like a triple pun actually because you have induration as a medical term you have endure as in i'm going to endure and then you have like induration as in the duration of something occurring i'll be here for the duration (laughs) so that's actually a really great line yeah and if you think about like hardening yourself up to resolve to to get through this too so that like you had said Mm. in duration yeah so, and I like—I know that Kevin likes to play with his words a lot, and like that's a perfect example right there. Um, and I like—I guess we call it as the verse. Um, I mean, the chorus. I guess we call this the chorus um, yeah. <laughs> because inside a, ourselves, a hidden uh, sun. Yeah, yeah. It's only said once. Um, uh, no, no, it's twice. Is it twice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. It's at the end. Yeah. It is said in the middle of it too. I missed it when with my notes. Here. I spent enough time. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this this was not an easy one to analyze. I love the chorus and and the way that he's explaining this uh, something other than what can be measured about ourselves inside. Like there's something that we can't describe that's inside of us that that's there. It's a good piece of us. It's something that never harms anyone, but it's there and it and it keeps us going. Yeah, and honestly, for me, it's this is the most abstract line of all of them, in my opinion. Mm. Like, I can't quite wrap my head around what he's trying to say with the fact that there is a hidden sun. You know that uh, it's it's obviously a positive uh, uh, positive uh, expression, um, but I mean, people do do harm to each other, right? Like, I mean, that's uh, I have a theory about this. Sure, good. I'd love to hear. So. It makes me wonder if he did guided meditation during his struggle with cancer, because that sounds to me a lot like the kind of visualization they have patients do, which opens up all sorts yeah, of, the ball of yeah, interesting and, potential yeah. discussions about the placebo uh-huh. effect, or maybe a better way to phrase it would be the, the power of staying positive and optimistic and fighting. Um, but, you know, yeah, research yeah. has shown that really does make a huge difference in, in your autoimmune response and things like that. So, yeah, uh-huh. regardless of what he meant by it, that's what I'm, that's my new uh, <laughs> headcanon. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Anyone else have any other things to add about the lyrics before we get over to the musicality? Uh, just that I love that the lyrics betray this very visceral and honest vulnerability. And, um, you know, again, my, my favorite lyric is definitely shivering madly in the dark, like an animal abandoned in the car park. And she held me and then she showed me the beauty of the human heart. To me, that's really where... I feel like throughout the song, he's kind of going back and forth as to how he should feel about everything. And that last verse is really what kind of cements it. Like, it's going to be okay. Or no matter what happens, you know, I'm loved. And um, it's just really touching. Yeah, and, and it was interesting how you were you're saying this is a, one of their longer songs. If you looked at the page of lyrics, you wouldn't know it, right? Mm. Yeah, um, it's true. It's a slow song. It's a, There aren't many lyrics, but they paint a picture and you are in that world with him um, sort of going through those emotions. And uh, I think it's really well done. Yeah. Agreed. Now I I would like to point out, it's interesting that for this album, Kevin actually wrote four songs. However, Mm. he would only one of them made it onto the disc and only two of them had the possibility of making it on the second of which was Born Human, which was then later, which they recorded, but then he re-recorded later on for Thin Buckle, 
but this is the only one that actually officially made it onto the album and even then it's a hidden song uh, <laughs> poor Kevin huh. yeah <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful song the song deserves a lot of recognition so think, speaking of beautiful song, why don't we talk about the music piece here real quick? All right. Let's break it down. real quick. That's a challenge. Uh, Hidden Sun. Was there... Can I say this is my favorite part of the oh, film? Oh, the wow. I, I don't understand half of what you're saying, but uh, but I enjoy it. And I, it, I feel smart. I feel like I'm learning music theory, even though I'm, just, I'm not quite processing it. Anyway. <laughs> Well, you and me are are together on this one, Brian, because this one, uh, I I have to put out a call to any of our listeners. (laughs) Uh, I I had precious little time to analyze this one. I'm hedging here, but uh, I had no idea it was going to take me down multiple rabbit holes. So if anyone out there listening is not quite as rusty as I am in analysis and you want to write in and expand upon what I say here, I'd be very happy to hear from you. Um, So yeah, Hidden Sun was recorded at approximately 71 beats per minute, maybe around 71 and a half. It sort of shifts a little bit. Uh, My notes, my initial notes when I was first listening to the song were, I like Kevin's vocals a lot, and I love the melodic uh, piano line. Um, Now this song, normally here's where I say the song is in the key of blank. (laughs) This song starts in C Lydian, it shifts to D major for the pre-chorus, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then it shifts to E Dorian for the chorus, which when I sat down and looked at that, it's interesting because you have this rising feeling one section after another. The tonal center moves up from C to D to E, like the sun rising. Hmm. Um, so that may be the uh, cloudy, floaty feel that we have, I think maybe comes from that. Uh, so here we have the A section, which is both the intro and the verse changes. Very simple. Starts off simple enough, right? C major to A minor, C major to A minor, C major to A minor. So we're in C Lydian. And you've got one, uh, <coughs> say, uh, 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 one to six, one to six, one to six, back and forth. That's your intro. It's also verse one, your A changes. Then you have the pre-chorus or B section, which is D to E minor to G to A to D to G. Uh, Here, though, interestingly enough, the A is major. So right away, we go from having an A minor in the first section to an A major. It's not diatonic. So we know we're in a different key now. Uh, I'm saying, again, likely in D major, uh, at which point that would be one, two, four, five, one, four, which would be a fairly... Uh, straightforward progression but in d major the g is the fourth it sounds natural but the g leads back to the c perfectly as a perfect fifth so then we can transition back into uh, uh, c lydian then we go back to our a section so we have piano interlude over the a changes then we have verse two we have a pre-chorus or b section again then we hit the chorus and now we're in E Dorian. So we have E minor, A, D, B minor, G, A, D, B minor, G, and etc. Um, and then we go back to the piano interlude for the A section and the verse three for the A section. The, we have the pre-chorus or B section and the chorus C again. The D section, quote unquote, or bridge or outro, <laughs> they all kind of serve the same purpose in this sense. Uh, coming out of the G in the last chorus, you have A to F sharp minor to B minor to G. And then it vamps on G until the uh, the final outro changes, which are E minor, D, G, and then you have an E minor, B minor, G, E minor, D, G, B. Um, so it just kind of goes through those. Uh, but it's, it's a very interesting, one of the more complex songs that I've had to analyze. Um, 
And you have, I guess the form would be A, A, B, A, A, B, C, A, A, B, C, D. A really, really gorgeous <laughs> ambient uh, piano and guitar work and vocal work throughout. Melancholy and beautiful. I, I really love this song. Uh, I got to say, this song grew on me the more I listened to it as well. Um, I hear traces of Lennon's solo work. And the overall audio image that I'm getting when I listen to this is that of a flower slowly blooming, mm. unfolding and revealing more of its beauty as time progresses, yeah. uh, like a time-lapse video. In fact, this image was so strong, it caused me to go out and seek out such a video, uh, and I found <laughs> one on YouTube, and I will paste that in the chat for you guys to watch if you want to at some point. Ooh, um, Perhaps I, sh you know, like, I, maybe I should have said it was like uh, the scent and taste of a glass of good whiskey opening up once you drop a drop or two of water in it. I think I'll go seek out that experience as well after the show's over. Um, <laughs> well, but in to all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all honesty, given how frequently I speak with admiration about musical adventurousness, I have to applaud Hidden Sun. I have to applaud Kevin Hearn. Um, it really is a truly beautiful song. I love the choral ahs creating the harmonic mm. pads towards the end yeah. that had yeah. kind of a Brian Eno sound to it, like Taking Tiger Mountain. Overall, it's a beautiful, relaxing, and ambient, and without any or derision or snarkiness, I say this, I think it would be the perfect song to do yoga to. Mm. I, I like this song yeah. a, a, quite a lot, uh, suffice it to say. It's <laughs> funny you said Brian Eno. Brian Eno was with Beatles, correct? Like the, uh, well, the producer... He, he worked. He worked as a producer. A lot of. I, I, he definitely worked with David Bowie. I'm not sure about the Beatles. It wouldn't surprise me though. Brian, I think you're thinking of Phil Spector was the guy who did the Wall of Sound stuff with the Beatles. But he could have worked with the Beatles. Was uh, But Brian, you know, worked Beatles. with uh, David Bowie. I want to say on Low and uh, Heroes. Uh, he did. He did quite a lot of work. But he also did some really lovely um, ambient music uh, that I, I really dig. Which he's not as known, I don't think, for that as his producer work. But he should be because it's great. <laughs> I'm looking it up. <laughs> it's very possible. He, he, he worked with a lot of really great people. I could be thinking of someone different, but I want to get myself right on this if I was. <laughs> so. I'm mostly aware of him as the Oblique Strategies guy. Oblique Strategies. He wrote those cards for for uh, sort of breaking creative ruts. Oh, really? One I'll have his, to check those out. One of his pr production techniques, yeah. it's And they're sort of like random things. It's like... You know, try using a non-traditional instrument. Mm. It's like sort of things to get you out of your head. That's really cool. That's what I. That's what I've heard of Brian. I'm gonna have to Eno track for. those down. I hadn't heard of that. That's really interesting. Yeah. No, Brian Eno was not the Beatles. I looked that up while we were while we were doing that. I was thinking of someone else. I had actually said that, like, I felt like the end of this was very Beatles-esque. Um, so very much like because or Sun King. I had that very similar kind of feeling with the way that they ended that. I definitely got Lennon vibes from it, definitely. But a lot of Lennon's solo work had that kind of dreamy piano. I definitely pick, was picking up on that. And it's funny. Like, this is a very serene but jazzy song all the same. You know, I, when I think jazz, I think, uh, in this group, I think Jim. But Kevin really shows his jazz chops on this one. Like, it, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely much more complex than, like, just a standard pop rock song, right? So there's there's some jazz influence there. There's... At least one seventh chord in there, which you don't hear a lot of in, in rock or pop. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's beautifully complex. It's like a nice, bitter, strong, but aromatic cup of coffee. You know. <laughs> yeah. It it feels like a lullaby. Mm. And I, I think mm. that's, uh, mm. that's yeah. I think that's nice. Yeah. 
a very mm. comforting feel for a very difficult and uh, painful topic. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the interesting things that comes to mind with me with this song is because I keep thinking the word ethereal. And, it, and once again, it comes mm. back to why I think that it's ethereal with, with what I originally thought the music or the song was about. To help with that, he's got an amazing amount of just gentle reverb kind of going on there. And so you get that echoey kind of sound that that's there that, you know, when I, when you think of in movies that they're trying to show that someone is departed, that they use that echoey kind of sound. You um, use the force, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example. Thank you. And then also the breathy vocals, which is Kevin mm-hmm. anyways, but he is just using it astoundingly here. Yeah, the entire thing is just very well done. It's uh, I, I use this word often. Uh, it's it's very programmatic, in that the the lyrics and the the you know the evocative, but somewhat kind of uh, disconnected feeling of the lyrics it matches the kind of floaty, cloudy feel of the song. Um, everything is just really bound well together. Just all the all the moving pieces. This song could have been a nightmare. Uh, with like how it's the, the key the key yeah. changes and everything it could have been very abrupt but he found a way to to make everything just kind of smoothly pro- progress and it just uh, it's a really really nice uh, piece he really he really did a great job on this one I think that's another benefit of slowing it down right I think that'd be mm. harder to pull off with mm-hmm. a fast song it'd be jarring I think yeah mm. Brian you have more experience with this than than uh, Aaron. But do you know where the name, where the album's name Maroon comes from? Um, I actually don't. No idea. They're big Maroon 5 fans. <laughs> yeah, I just love it. It's a tribute album. <laughs> it actually is, but not to where you think. Um, <laughs> okay. it, it, was a, um, it was a tribute to uh, one of the band's favorite tracks on Ken Nordine's 1967 spoken word jazz album colors he had a song called oh yeah i've heard that um and actually that was the track that they played as an intro during their maroon tour so every time that they would intro before they would come on stage they would play that song and i actually remember this is the first the the first um concert that i went to for bare naked ladies and like as i did that i listened to the song i was like oh my goodness that's right they played this before they came out i wondered where that came from huh that's interesting (laughs) so i will be putting that in there because it's actually really really crazy to hear this song that i've like forgotten actually existed think of the times the number of times that you can make rhymes with that friend maroon there's the month of June. Maroon. Yeah, I remember listening to Colors in college for a class. That was that's really cool. I, I completely forgot about that album as so you just mentioned it. So I gotta go back and listen to it again now. And the reason I wanted to mention it tonight is because it's a spoken word jazz album, and I get like for me this song, a lot of what Kevin is kind of doing here is spoken word. I mean he's not doing spoken word, but yeah. it's about as close as you can get without doing it. Yeah, I can see. I don't know, man. Have you heard Rex Harrington (laughs) singing? (laughs) My Fair Lady. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you're saying. I mean, there's, again, I think the piano has the melody in this more than the vocals. Yes. I think is kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. There's definitely a melodic quality in a, in a, in a, 
a sonic quality to the vocals. But yeah, I think the the piano, that line kind of carries the tune all the way through and the vocals just kind of float on top. Yeah. Um, and the reason I bring that up, by the way, is also because those of us who know from the new album, Fake Nudes, Kevin, <laughs> for each of the song, had his dad do a sp- spoken word version of all the songs because his dad likes to do spoken word singing um and so oh nice i didn't know that uh so i think it's really really kind of great that there's there's influences there behind this that i didn't realize before but meld in really well with this song yeah absolutely very cool there is also a cover of the a cover out there um i listened to it earlier tonight it's actually pretty nice um i couldn't get the the artist's name um i will put the link up but there's a cover it's it's interesting it's a a happier tone i don't know if they changed the king or what or key or what they did but it's, it's definitely a happier tone to the song and a little bit faster so you can go out and listen to that and hear what it might have sounded like had he done it faster um <laughs> <laughs> i personally prefer this version so why don't we why don't we talk some numbers here why don't we get over to the numbers yeah, area let's do that. um and of course talking about hidden suns best way to talk about a hidden sun of course is a solar eclipse so i want to know how many solar eclipses do you give this song aaron i'm going to go to you first to give our our guest a moment to kind of think about it uh zero to five though how many hidden suns do you give this song i thought about this for a while because i really like it it's um it's very different from a lot of the other stuff you hear so i always try and i rack my brain trying to be i try to be as fair as i can in all these ratings this is my my least favorite part <laughs> i can <laughs> i understand now how uh siskel and ebert fell and ebert said he hated having to give a definitive thumbs up or thumbs down because it's so hard there's so much more to it than that but um in comparison i try and find a song that i like it about as much or a little more or a little less I like this song about as much as I like For You, which is a lot. Uh, they're very different songs, <laughs> yes. and I like them for very different reasons. But I think uh, I will match my rating for For You and give Hidden Sun uh, a very enthusiastic four solar eclipses out of five. Four solar eclipses. All right. Awesome. Brian, let's head over to you. How I don't have many... the advantage of having rated these other songs. <laughs> um it's a disadvantage, believe me. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, this one is this one is not a song that I will put on most playlists, right? Like it is, mm. it's it's one you kind you have to seek out, and I mean literally you have to because it's it's <laughs> the second half of a track. Um, but I think I I am at the same place. I mean it's it's a it's a it's a three and a half to a four uh, solar eclipses. Three, I'll, I'll call it three point seven five. Three point seven. Yeah. Okay, I gotta put a number in there, otherwise the computer's gonna be angry. <laughs> Don't want to mess up the spreadsheet. <laughs> How nine thousand is gonna be really mad? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna be right there along with you guys. I think this is this is for me the highest Kevin song that we've covered so far. I think this is his best example of him expressing emotion in a poetic but very uh, ambiguous way. Um, but but still getting the point across and really making you feel what he's trying to make you feel. So for me, this is, this is a four. It's, it's not like song that I'm like, I have to listen to that song right now, but when it's on, I can't turn it off. Yeah. It's always a pleasant surprise. And I can't not listen to this song after listening tonight to tonight. I fell asleep (laughs) at the wheel. I have, I have to finish that off. Matter of fact, if I listen 
with with the scramble on my on my iPad. If I scramble it and I get tonight I fell asleep at the wheel, I have to seek out Hidden <laughs> Sun afterwards to put that on there. All right, let's go over really quickly to appearances, and I kind of I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier. I'm going to encourage people that like this song, and if you don't like this song, to go out and listen to another really great set of songs that that Kevin put out just after this. Um, maybe someday, years down the road, when we're done covering all the BNL songs, we'll get around to the BNL adjacent songs and cover this whole album. Um, but this is the album that that Kevin released. Um, I think in response to not getting more songs on this album, probably. But he did the solo song, uh, solo album of song called H Wing, that he wrote while he was in the hospital in the H Wing of the hospital. And you can hear it in all of the songs that are on that album. You know, it starts off with the good one, and there is no way to not see that the good one is talking about the drug which is a drug that makes you feel horrible but it's good for you all the same um also mentioning the the worker that helps him out through this tara i'm guessing that's a the real name um and him giving a shout out to one of the people that really helped him and then throughout it you can hear these moments coming back through of this is him expressing his pain and process through surviving cancer um it's also an album you can just put on and listen to and it still isn't gonna it's not gonna make you feel horrible but it's gonna it's it's relaxing all the same for this subject matter that is really difficult yeah interesting so i encourage people even if you're just putting it on the background play a video game and put this on the background it's a really interesting album to listen to cool i will do that i've got it pulled up here in my spotify <laughs> well I have to get going, guys. I gotta go check in on Jeff. Uh, he wasn't looking so good. I, I need to go make sure that he's okay. I, I foresee that this week I'm gonna be holding his hand a lot. Yeah. You have to hold his hand? Yeah, come on. <laughs> and then hopefully we'll get him back next week to discuss the song "Hold Your Hold My Hand." Um, <laughs> oh, is that what we're we're listening to next week? How apropos. Brian, would you like to give another shout out to, to people to go listen to this amazingly interesting podcast? Yeah, so we do everything. It's called Perfect Brainstorm. We've done, we did a rewrite of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. We Ooh, did, nice. we'll do a little of any everything. Um, we've recently gone back to our um, roots of Pokemon. So if you like Pokemon, we, we didn't plan on it, but we do more Pokemon episodes than anything else. But uh <laughs> we're doing music. We're doing this next week is we're planning out our entry into the Mongol rally, which is a, a cross Europe and Asia road rally. So uh, we do a little of everything. Nice. Um, perfect brainstorm. You can find us perfect brainstorm.net. Um, we keep pretty up to date. And then at perfect brainstorm is our Twitter and at perfect brainstorm on Instagram. Excellent. Go out there, search that out. Thank you so was... much for coming on. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. I, uh, I was looking for an excuse to talk about some more bare naked ladies. Like I said, my co-hosts don't listen to them, so so I've got to get well, it somewhere. Feel, pre- feel free to come back anytime. Choose a song. We we love having guests. Otherwise, okay. it's just Aaron and I. Sometimes Jeff kind of kind of waxing poetic about the about B and L. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. That was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe.